Good morning, my friend. Come on in and pull up a chair. Welcome to Brother Scott's Bible Breakfast. Well, we'd like to welcome you back to the table today. Miss Jennifer's with us, and uh, she's going to take us back into some uh, the study of Ruth that she's been doing. And uh, so I'm just going to throw the ball over to her and let her get us started. Good morning. I'm excited to be here. I'd also like it to be known that Phil is with us as well. So you may hear some pacing and booping with his ball. So just ignore that. But we're going to be in Ruth chapter 2. And today we're talking about being humbled but not humiliated as Ruth is invited to Boaz's table. Um, this particular part of the Ruth Bible study done by Kelly Minter has meant so much to me because for me, one of the big themes was that Boaz saw Ruth and God sees us too. Um, so I'm going to pick up in verse 8. Then Boaz said to Ruth, Listen, my daughter, don't go and gather grain in another field, and don't leave this one, but stay here close to my female servants. See which field they are harvesting and follow them. Haven't I ordered the young men not to touch you? When you are thirsty, go and drink from the jars the young men have filled. And we'll talk more about why that's so significant. She fell face down bowed to the ground and said to him, Why have I found favor with you so that you notice me, although I am a foreigner? Boaz answered her, Everything you have done for your mother-in-law since your husband's death has been fully reported to me, how you left your father and mother and your native land and how you came to a people you didn't previously know. May the Lord reward you for what you have done, and may you receive a full reward from the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings you have come for refuge. So, um, in, in thinking about being humbled but not being humiliated, I love to point out that we don't know what Ruth looks like. Uh, the Bible tells us specifically that Sarah, who was married to Abraham, was beautiful. She was so beautiful, in fact, that Abraham would pretend they weren't husband and wife when they traveled through certain lands because he was afraid they might kill him just to take Sarah away from him. But the Bible doesn't tell us a thing about the way Ruth looks. The only thing we really know about that you could even consider appearance would be that she was younger than Boaz. So Boaz has come to his field and he looks out, he sees this woman gleaning and he asks his servants, who is she? And what has caught his eye is not the way she looks, but it's her character. It is her her work ethic. It is her love for Naomi. So, so what did Boaz see? He saw a widow with the courage to leave her homeland and plant roots with a people she didn't know. Boaz saw Ruth for who she was, and God sees you and I as well. And sometimes um, in the culture we live in, we get really caught up in wanting to be noticed by our culture standards. Um, uh, maybe for our wealth, maybe our status in the community, our looks, our social media presence. But God sees our heart, and Boaz saw Ruth's heart in this, and 
she didn't pretend to be somebody she was not. She was a woman who humbled herself in a foreign country um, who really put herself in danger going out to glean among people she doesn't know. And God saw her. Uh, Galatians 6, 9 says, So we must not get tired of doing good, for we will reap at the proper time if we don't give up. And I love that about Ruth. Um, She could have huddled up in a corner in Naomi's home and um, said it was too hard and she was too afraid, but Ruth didn't give up. Um, Do you think Ruth ever thought she would be noticed for her acts of service? Well, kind of back up and jump off of what you just said. Ruth could have just stayed at home. She could have, uh, this this whole uh, thing of leaving uh, Moab uh, with Naomi uh, was kind of crazy. Uh, she would have been better off socially. Uh, she would have been better off economically. Uh, she, she would have been better off in every instance, but uh, she chose to be faithful, uh, to be uh to be loyal and uh to go with Naomi and so no I don't think she ever thought that these things were going to lead to what it did matter of fact I think she thought it was going to uh lead to uh heartache and tragedy and hardship but we're not giving her uh walking down the aisle to just as I am moment uh, but like on the road somewhere, she, uh, she came to trust in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And, uh, you know, like you said, uh, your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. I'm going to go where you go. I'm going to stay where you stay. I'm going to die where you die. And so something happened to her. Uh, so she was widowed. She was alone. She was a stranger uh, in a strange land. And basically we see she's destitute. Uh, and so she definitely would be the poster child for uh, humility, for humbling yourself. And, uh, and the, there's no instant gratification here with her. Uh, now, there would have been in Moab. In Moab, she would have received instant gratification. She would have gotten everything she needed. But in Bethlehem, her gratification, if you will, is going to be delayed. And that's because... Uh, she humbled herself. One of the things that um, I love is that he says, you can drink water from the jars that my young men have filled. This was an elevation of Ruth's station because as a foreigner, as a woman in this culture, in probably by many others there, they would have expected her to fill their water jars. But he, he says glean here, gather here, work here, stay with my female servants, drink from my jars. And then he gives this beautiful blessing in verse 12. May you receive a full reward from the Lord God of Israel under whose wings you have come for refuge. And I love that Kelly Minter points out that it's so important that uh, she, like you mentioned, she had already sought refuge with Yahweh before Boaz offered her refuge that she had told Ruth, I mean, Naomi, your God is going to be my God. And then 
if we pick up in verse 13, my Lord, she said, I found favor with you for you have comforted and encouraged your servant, although I am not like one of your female servants. So she says, I'm not even at a station comparable to your female servants, but you've noticed me and you've given me this blessing saying, um, you know, acknowledging that she's come for refuge with Yahweh. And in Psalm 36, 7, it says, God, your faithful love is so valuable that people take refuge in the shadow of your wings. And I, I think back to a story that my grandmother in Virginia used to tell uh, about a little mother hen who told her chicks how important it was to come when she called. And there was a, a fire one day and, um, she gathered her little chicks under her wings and that fire burned through the farmyard and the barn and the, the mama hen was killed. But as the farmer walked through later, uh, he kind of pushed her with his boot. And when she fell over, all her little chicks ran out because she had protected them. And then we think about Matthew 23, 37, where Jesus says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, she who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, yet you were not willing. Um, and then... Moving on from that, um, at mealtime, Boaz told her, come over here and have some bread and dip it in the vinegar sauce. So she sat beside the harvesters and he offered her roasted grain. She ate and was satisfied and had some left over. Um, Ruth was in a humble situation but she was not humiliated. She wasn't wallowing in self-pity. She doesn't act ashamed. She just states the fact, I'm not on a level with your female servants. And she just admits her standing in society. And Psalm 113, 7 through 9 says, He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the garbage pile uh, in order to seat them with the nobles, with the nobles of his people. He gives the childless woman a household, making her the joyful mother of children. Hallelujah. So Ruth comes to Boaz's table with the status of a lowly slave girl, and that makes his invitation even more extraordinary. Being invited to the table represents belonging and acceptance and honor and closeness. And Scott, you're going to tell us about another invitation to a famous table um in second samuel chapter nine uh we see the story of mephibosheth uh, uh, jonathan uh, uh saul's son david's best friend as david comes to the throne uh he looks for somebody is there anybody left of the house of jonathan that i can bless and they said well he had a son uh, Mephibosheth who was dropped when he was a baby and he's all that's left so David wanted to uh, bless Mephibosheth and so he sent them out on a hunt to find Mephibosheth Mephibosheth heard him coming at way out in Lodabar and uh, well, he thought they'd come to do him harm because usually when a new king took over all the uh, previous uh, ruler's family had to be killed for fear of an insurrection or a coup. Uh, but uh, they went and they got Mephibosheth, and he was scared to death. And, and, uh, but he learned that David didn't want to do him harm. He wanted to do him good. 
not because Mephibosheth had done anything or he was special or he he deserved uh, David's uh, kindness and benevolence. He was being kind to him because of um, Jonathan. He said, I'm doing this because of who your daddy was. And he was invited to the table. He would, land was restored to him. Uh, he would eat at the king's table the rest of his days. Again, not because Mephibosheth deserved some honor, but because of the grace and the mercy and the benevolence and the kindness of David. And of course, that, that's just a picture-perfect uh, view of what God does with us. We're invited to the table not because we deserve anything or we've earned anything. We're invited to the table because uh, of Jesus and his favor in our life. Um, Ruth and Mephibosheth had to be invited by someone who was powerful, resourced, and kind because of their low standing. And when we look, we see where did Jesus sit? In his ministry, Jesus sat with sinners. And he tells us, invite the poor. Invite those to your table who can give you nothing back um, so that our reward can come later. Uh, And even now, Jesus invites us to the table. And we look forward as Christians to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Um, I love what Kelly Minter says. She said, Ruth refused to wear the cloak of lowly, foreign, bereft servant girl who had nothing to offer. These labels may have been true for her culturally, but they didn't define her. Um, They don't have to define us either. Uh, Are you uh, the low man on the totem pole? Uh, Do you feel like you're often overlooked? Are you lonely? Know that you are seen, that God loves you, that he has a plan and purpose for your life. Um, And then she says this, aspire to humility that can receive the blessing given by another while clinging to the God-given dignity that assures that we will have something to give. Yeah. You know, humility and humbling ourselves, that is... Uh, to kind of tie this thing up, that, that is, that's diametrically opposed to our sinful nature, to humble ourselves. But uh, whenever I preach through Ruth or, or talk about it, really three words come to mind. First of all, this humility and what it resulted in as, as Ruth certainly humbled herself and uh, was the provision and the protection that uh, she found uh, from Boaz. Humility equals provision and protection. He provided for her in that, hey, he said, and very rare thing that anybody, nobody was begging the the, the the needy, the impoverished to come and glean in their fields. By the Mosaic law, they had to allow them to come in. But here's a guy saying, hey, come glean in my fields. Don't go glean in any other fields. I'm going to take care of you. And he even, invited, as you said, invited her to the table. That's very unusual. So because of her humility, she was provided for. Her and Naomi were in a bad situation, and now they're being provided for. Also, it talks about how that, uh, you know, a young lady in this situation, a widow, a foreigner, uh, it'd be just like going into some uh, uh, field to work today, the harassment, the danger. Uh, Her obedience, loyalty, and courage put her in a needy position, wanting, in a a place of want, 
and she was provided for. Her humility uh, put her, uh, her obedience, her loyalty, her courage, uh, put her in a very vulnerable position, a very dangerous position. But uh, Boaz brought her under his protection. So her humility uh, put her in a, in a needy place, in a vulnerable place, in a dangerous place. But at the same time, that humility brought her the provision and protection. And it's the same with Christ, that when we humble ourselves, uh, it doesn't. It, it, may, it might mean we might wind up needy. We might wind up destitute. We might wind up shunned in a dangerous position. But we, just as Boaz brought Ruth under his provision, God's going to provide for us. God's going to care for us. And just like he protected her, told all of those hired hands, you better not dare lay a hand on this woman. He protected her. We're under God's protection. Boaz elevated her. She humbled herself and he lifted her up. The same way the Bible tells us that we, if we will abase ourselves and humble ourselves in due time, he's going to elevate us. He's going to move us from the foot of the table to the head of the table. And that's exactly what's happened here. Also, it, 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 it bears mentioning that God honors hard work. She wasn't sitting back asking anybody to do anything special for her. She was going to go out and work for it. And in all of these things, uh, we see this. The Bible teaches us in the New Testament to esteem others as better than ourselves, to humble ourselves, to put others first, to humble ourselves. And when we do, uh, God is going to elevate us in due time. Without Ruth's love for Naomi and her desire to provide for her without her making the conscious choice to uh, come into the nation of Yahweh and to choose him as her only God without her humility, Boaz would not have been able to show her his said that loving kindness of God. That's good. I, I think of the th three things she did. She, she was obedient. She was loyal. And she was courageous. What a what a great great example she is. So thank you, Miss Jennifer, for coming in today and and uh, sharing from your study of Ruth. And I think God will honor that uh, to humble ourselves, to be obedient, to be loyal, to be courageous, and uh, esteem others as better ourselves. And know that in due time, God is going to lift us up. Uh, I hope you have a good week this week. Uh, it sounds like we're going to have a lot of snow on the ground and a lot of time at home. So I hope you get to listen to this. Share it with somebody if it uh, means something to you. Uh, I'm going to pray and then we'll be done. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for today. God, we thank you for your word. Uh, God, thank you for this story of Ruth and all of the many lessons that we can apply to our lives today. God, help us to be obedient. Uh, to be humble, to be loyal, to be courageous, to abase ourselves, to esteem others as better than ourselves, to work hard, to put others first. And uh, Lord, we know that in due time, God, you will bless us, that you are going to care for us, that you are going to provide for us. And God, you are going to protect us. <clears throat> I pray, Lord, you'll give us a good week. I pray, God, that you would uh, use us for your kingdom's sake. That, God, that uh, you would give us divine appointments to share your love with somebody this week. Uh, Lord, thank you for loving us first. Thank you for the cross. And we ask these things and pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Thanks for stopping by and visiting with me. I'll meet you back here next Monday. God bless you and have a great week.